You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can text us or WhatsApp us 0868-104-106. You can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench if you'd like to get in touch with the show this evening. And that's cover over the next hour. Before we do that, I'm going to hand you over to Tomas O'Leary. Tomas, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad. Um, <laughs> you did think about that there for a second. Christian's like, lost, Spurs lost, Cork Carlos lost, but other than that, I'm not pretty, a great good. day for you, really, is it? No, but look, aside from the sport, I'm fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be relying on that for my mood, but all good. <laughs> all good. All right, wrap up the day's action for us. In Gaelic games, the Cork Carlos won't be involved in the knockout stages of the Allianz Hurling League. The Rebels have lost to Galway this afternoon in Pierce Stadium. 218 to 116, the final score there. We were watching that on the delay coverage as well. Uh, Cork just a little bit off the pace today. Yeah, look, uh, I think Galway weren't a great, great, great shape either. Like mm. um, they're kind of struggling for a bit of form as well, so that probably makes it a bit more disappointing. Um, seems to be when when Patrick Horgan doesn't hit his stripes and Shems Harnady, we we really struggle. Like so, yeah. Um, worrying worrying signs for Cork and particularly not being involved now in the the quarterfinal stages of the league. Yeah, because it's such a long, long way to go now until the start of the championship. They could have done with an extra couple of games just to try and find that balance, try and get the lads to gel, just trying to yeah. to get that consistent. I think which has been sorely lacking over their league campaign yeah exactly look I suppose that inconsistency has been there the last few years so I don't think it'll unduly worry this, mm. this Cork management or team they'll, they'll have seen this Cork team produce big performances um, in the Munster Championship and, and beyond um, so it's not going to unduly worry them but ideally uh, from a playing point of view and from a management point of view you want to be more settled as a team so look they'll probably go back to their clubs for a few weeks and, and no doubt then mm. in four or five weeks time they'll start getting together and having challenge games again but not ideal to be out of the league at this stage yeah, Timo Manning got a crack goal though for Cork didn't he? Yeah brilliant goal he's, he's one guy I'd like to probably see further up the field I know yeah. he kind of played centre back and, and midfield at stages and, and he, he played really well there but I just think probably a bit different than players we have in terms of physicality he can win his own ball and he can score as well so maybe he could be an option and maybe full forward or something um, so. The way he ran at that goal by defence as well they didn't know how to deal with him and he, he finished it really really well He absolutely did so look it'll be interesting to see where he's positioned come championship time um, so yeah look Cork ended that game with 14 players after Robbie Flynn was showing a red card too it was kind of a, just a clumsy challenge um, There was no malice in it really was there? No certainly not but It's still a red card yeah, look, look. It was a correct decision but yeah. just awkward Like so look, that kind of made things difficult for the last 15-20 minutes when they were kind of chasing the game so look a lot of, th- a lot of thinking for the Cork management to do over the next few weeks Yeah I'm going to hear from Kieran Kingston just in a little bit also in Group A, holders Limerick Soft, Westmead, 124 to 18 points to 6. Um, at LIT, Gaelic Grounds, Tipperary beat Waterford to two, uh, 24 points to 216 in Thurless. And in Division 1B of the Hurling League, Clare have beaten Dublin 27 points to 115 in Cusick Park. Meanwhile, Eddie Brennan's leash have beaten, been beaten by Kilkenny and his old manager, Bryn Cody, 322 to 119, while Wexford have beaten Carlow 229 to 111. You know, Cork footballers have made it five wins from five. They had survived a late fight back from Derry to win 313 to 311 in Parky Cueve. It means the Rebels are on the brink of promotion and are the only side with a 100% record remaining in the football league. Yeah, we'll hit it from Ronan McCarthy in just a little bit. But um, I suppose uh, everyone, I suppose, predicted or targeted, I suppose, promotion for Cork around the cusp. No, but five wins from five. Um, they're fantastic, basically. And I think Ronan McCarthy is very, very happy with their performances. Um, fought. Uh, uh, a good battle with Derry today um, who kind of pushed them all the way as well in the late goal for Derry kind of um, 
kind of made it an early ending for Cork but look 10 points from 5 games I don't think you could have asked for anything better than that really No absolutely and look there's good sound bites coming out of the camp you know good morale Keane Neal has added his bit as well um, and certainly they've played um, experimented quite a bit as well so a lot of players have had an opportunity and that's all you can ask from the yeah. management so it'll be exciting to see how the, how the Munster Championship goes as well after after the league stages Mayo look to be on their way to relegation from Division 1 they were beaten by a point by Kerry at Mikhail Park in Castlebar where it finished 114 to 113 elsewhere in Division 1 it finished Loud 112 Leitrim 314 Offaly 9 points down 17 Longford 312 Tipperary 37 Elsewhere, Donegal beat Monaghan 2-12 to 8 points in Ballyshannon. Caelan Ward and Hugh McFadden both bound the back of the net for the hosts. In Navin then, Galway beat Mead 114 to 112 at Park Talton to confirm the Royals' relegation. Ronan Steed scored a goal for the tribesmen. Kildare beat Leash 15 points to 10 earlier on in Division 2 tie at Omar Park. And there was defeat for Christian Brothers College in the Hearty Cup final this afternoon. The Cork School have lost out to St. Flannan's of Ennis 115 to 112 with the final score there in Mallow. And then the English Football League Cup final, it's currently Man City 2, Aston Villa 1. And in the Premier League, Wolves have lost 3-2 away to Tottenham. Mike Lawrence was there. Tottenham Hotspur 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 3. A thoroughly entertaining game which swung one way and then the other. But the Wolves machine never stops running. They twice came back with goals from Matt Doherty and Diego Jota to cancel out Tottenham's efforts from Stephen Bergwijn and Serge Aurier. Wolves led for the first time on 73 minutes with a stunning goal from Rahul Jimenez with the Spurs defence cut wide open. The battle for the European spots going the way of the visitors today. Tottenham 2, Wolves 3. Jose Mourinho certainly uh, looking very annoyed, cranky, dispirited and the, and the sideline. Brought on tri-power for what, 14 seconds? Yeah, it was, was cra- crazy really. I think he's chasing just- the game. Just to reaffirm his stance on, on Parrot and, and, and the squad in general, which, which that was a real flex for Mourinho, wasn't it? Like I don't trust him unless like the last thirty seconds of the game. Exactly. Um, look, I think it's childish. Um, that's a Mourinho out note, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, it wasn't him when he you know initially with Porto and yeah. his, his early days in Chelsea. I think he was a fantastic manager, and he look he was obviously full of sound bites too then, but he was really kind of upbeat and trusted his players and built a, built a good morale with his squads. Mm. And that's quite, especially that Porto team got it on for the line. And even though Chelsea spent a lot of money under Abramovich, you know they really had had a genuine team spirit as well. So that seems to have deserted him in more recent times. You know his time in United, his, his second his second uh, phase with Chelsea, and now with Spurs as well. He's kind of reverted to that sour, complaining, you know, constantly making excuses. Um, yeah, and that doesn't that peters back into the squad and, and doesn't augur well for for Spurs at the moment. It Elsewhere, it finished all square between Everton and Man United. Paul Anthony was there. An entertaining game of football that saw the points shared. Everton over the scoring courtesy of a David De Gea howler that saw his kick charged down by Calvert-Lewin into an empty net. Just before the break, Fernandez equalised with a long-range effort that nestled in the bottom corner. In the second half, both teams had chances. Fernandez and Gilfie Sigurdsson both going close. And in the closing stages, Everton piling on the pressure. It almost paid off when Calvin-Lewin put the ball in the back of the net, only to be ruled out by VAR. It finished Everton 1, Manchester United 1. That was some horror from David De Gea, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> like to be fair, he's a class goalie, but, um, yeah, but yeah, still no excuse there. Um, to look, put it into Rod's head. Worst case, I think probably teams since since I suppose that Barcelona team brought in the the all encompassing playing out from the back. Um, a goalie that just you know based into Rose Ed seems to get criticised a hell of a lot and you know they get you know fair enough um, keepers are, are generally trying to start the attacks and, and 
you know all back four players are generally encouraged to play a bit more football than previous but yeah that's an awful mistake for for, for a goalkeeper of his class to give away yes yeah, certainly was alright 82 minutes on the clock at Wembley it's still Man City 2 Aston Villa 1 Man City pressing for the third uh, and they're getting very uh, close to it as well putting a lot of pressure on that Aston Villa defence but it's still 2-1 with uh, 8 minutes uh, left to go of normal time in Scotland, Holder Celtic earned the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. They had a 1-0 win away to St Johnston. And finally, English golfer Tommy Fleetwood tops the leaderboard in the final day of the Honda Golf Classic. In Florida, where the action has gotten underway, Fleetwood has a one-stroke advantage over his nearest rival, American Brendan Steele, as he goes in search of his first-ever PGA Tour event win. Open champion Shane Lowry has just gotten his final underway from one over in a tie for 24th. All right, cheers to that, Tomas. We are going to start the show with Cork's defeat to Galway today in the Allianz Hurling League up in Pierce Stadium going to hear the views of uh, Kieran Kingston speaking to the Assembly media afterwards yeah absolutely yeah like, this, was a, this was a championship game in, in all but name and uh, you know, we needed to win to get into a quarterfinal and uh, that's what we came here for so yeah disappointed we didn't get a result yeah, you must have been happy enough at half time just three points down with, with the win to come yeah we were like, I mean, like there was an awful lot of mistakes on both sides and, and uh, wides and fumbling of the ball is supposed to that, that, that's what uh, the pitch on the day lent itself to that like, but yeah we would have been happy at half time and we're very happy then like um, we went to point up into the second half so disappointment to, to, to um, not to close it out yeah and, and straight red card for Robbie O'Flynn what, what did you make of that? Uh, yeah I mean look obviously didn't see it back yet but I mean I didn't we couldn't have any complaints from what I saw um, at the moment I, 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 we wouldn't have any complaints yeah, yeah but having gone ahead that time with the goal from Tim O'Mahony you know with the breeze behind you it, it was Galway that responded the better wasn't it? yeah well like when you go down to 14 minutes it's, it's, it's challenging the win we'll never win it again or lose it again um, I thought closing it out they just close out that bit better and we, we struggled in the last 10 minutes we just seemed to run out of legs totally like you know, there was only a point still coming down the stretch there was only a point in it coming, coming at full time and we ended up losing by 5 so yeah look disappointing yeah. and of course your interest in this year's league is, is over now what have you learned from this campaign well, I mean like, look we were coming up the, the, the uh, interest in the league would either go on today or, or, or would be finished and I suppose we obviously wanted to win you want to win every game and you want to be as competitive as you can in the league uh, but I think we learned a lot about ourselves uh, we've had a lot of trying a lot of guys in different positions huge change since last year's championship we were uh, a lot of guys in different positions as I say and uh, new personnel in different locations and new personnel to the team and, and I think that's been pleasing for us I suppose look outside of that going on another game or two in another week or two wouldn't be any wouldn't be any harm obviously getting a couple of games out of it I think the league has been good for us in terms of what we've learned about ourselves more than anything else It does mean I don't care now that it's about eight or nine weeks before another competitive match which is not ideal No it's not ideal but I mean it's the same for same for many other counties and even if you've you got to win it would be you get another game next weekend the weekend after so um, the league has run off so quickly now I mean you would either have, have ten weeks or eight weeks of, of a run in uh, whether of which you know and the injury was Aidan Walsh injured and must be updated in Alan Caddy uh, concussed Aidan is concussed and um, Alan is, uh, is which I say if the game if we were playing in Wednesday he'd be okay yeah. with the Robbie's there he's suspended now for the first match of the Muslim Championship I believe after that red card that would be the vote I'm not sure I, I don't know is it the first game of the next year's league or is it the championship I'm not sure what the rule is it's obviously gone for a game anyway but I don't know if it's the next competitive game or is it the next league game so I'm not sure that Karen, I suppose at half time you must have been relatively happy how economical the lads were you know he'd no weight he'd never wait for the 42nd yeah. or 3rd minutes yeah we were we were absolutely it was a very stiff breeze in the first mm. half um, it, it wasn't stiff in the second half yeah it that's, wasn't that's, no. that's, that's, that's 
that happened. So we were like we ten shots, we ten points, only three points in at half time, and we kind of felt we contained or contained them into the wind that we could push on, and we thought we did push on. And then going to point up like we'd all the momentum and, and the lose man obviously is the pointing. But like, at the same time, you can't. That's not the beyond in all either. You know, you still have to you still try and go and close out the game even if you do go man down. And I felt, look, in particularly in the last four or five minutes, we just I think there's only pointing at him. There's a point in it nearly under 69 minutes, yeah. 69, 70 minutes, and then we ended up losing my five, you know, so that's a disappointing. Look, I suppose it's a stupid question, really, but what, what's your take? Happy or not so happy with the league in total, you know? Well, look, I suppose of two sides, really. Firstly, um, we would like another couple of games, of course. We'd like to go on another, get another quarterfinal, semi-final, absolutely, or, or war all the way, if you could. Mm. But, I mean, from our point of view, I think I'm happy with the, the league and that we've learned an awful lot about players and about positions and, and, and starting to get some shape into our team which is the main thing for us uh, as a new management team to get uh, a bit of shape into our team and, and options that we have in various locations and various parts of the pitch and I think we've learned a lot from that and that's the main thing for us, for us you know Okay, Pierre, thanks very much just say, The Munster Championship you have the four teams there are three of the four teams you played in, in the league you're going to be playing again in the Championship you know you've also played some teams in the Munster Hurling League as well so you're really going to get familiar with these teams Yeah you will I mean look at Munster teams by the nature of the, the, the league format and the Munster League format you're playing each other a lot so I think everybody knows everybody knows a lot about each other and that's that's good too you know Yes, yeah, Karen Kingston there speaking after uh, today's defeat to Galway. He's certainly taking the positives out of there. There are five games in the league, isn't he? Yeah, it was interesting to hear him speak there. He was asked a pretty direct question as to what they've learnt and kind of avoided it in classic manager style. <laughs> he said, look, they've picked up positives about playing different players in different positions and the new personnel to the squad, which is fair enough. But, ooh, um, that's just just hit the, the post. post. <laughs> yeah. It's on there for them to nick a goal here, isn't no, it? Just um, hit the post from the corner there, so it's still uh, City leading 2-1. Well, back to Cork, yeah. I think what we really learnt is that maybe when... Um, Alan Cadigan is missing we struggle up front yeah. um, he takes to be fair he's a class hurler when he's going um, obviously he has his injury issues but um, he takes a bit of pressure off off the likes of Lee, uh, Lee Howell Lee Hannon struggling for form but particularly Harnady and, and Horgan I think we're still over reliant on those up front mm-hmm. so I think that's what we've learned like we did not already know that we haven't really solved that problem in the league um, to be fair to Kingston up front he's probably been our best forward throughout the league um, didn't play well today but um, you know he had a great Fitzgibbon Cup and thus far a great league with Cork and we still have yet undecided about who our linchpin is at centre back yeah. so that's that's a pretty big thing you know back in the day you had Ronan Curran or previous to him you bring Cork in, and you built a, built a team around that so I think there are big issues um, we probably need to solve that and decide on who our centre back is and, and, and you know build, build, a, build a backline around that so look still a lot of food for thought for this Cork management but unfortunately we don't have games now to yeah. start it out before the Munster Championship so um, yeah look they, they seem a bit indifferent he, he says he's happy enough but look when I was the league at this stage you, you can't really be happy with that No uh, right Conor McKenna was watching the game for us up in Pierce Stadium today and I spoke to him just before we came on air Alright, defeat for Cork today. That ends their interest in this year's Allianz Hurling League. Delighted to be joined on the line by Conor McKenna, who watched the game for us. High scoring stuff in Pierce Stadium today, but Galway just that little bit better than Cork, I'd imagine, today, Conor. Yeah, Galway were just about the better team, and Rory and Cork were wedding attention. They'd actually gone ahead midway through the second half, but Robbie O'Flynn was showing a straight red card for a high tackle, and that, that really cost them, Cork then, and Rory, because Galway took complete control after that. They went down and got a goal, and Cork just they never really could get back in touch and a few late goal points then saw them over the line but the first half was a poor enough game though Cork were three points down at half time one ten to ten points behind and they looked to have weathered the storm and Rory because then they go away had played with a strong enough wind in the 
in the second half. But then they looked to be only one minute then that Cork were going to pull away because they went to point ahead. But then the red card came and that changed the game and Galway took their opportunity and it's all them over the line for a five-point win. Uh, Robbie O'Flynn sending off, was it, was it fair enough or was it harsh? It was probably fair enough. I think even the manager, I think we had the incident with Kieran as well, but I think he, he kind of had the same. But Robbie is not a dirty player by any means. And I think, though, um, Roy, that red card could have significant consequences, though, because I think he could be out of the next championship match, which, which would be in the first match of the Munster Championship. And now if he's suspended for the first match of the Munster Championship, that's a big blow for Cork. Because if, if Cork had won that game or into a quarter final, then Rory O'Flynn could have served, or Robbie O'Flynn even could have served his suspension in the in the in the quarter final. But they're, because they're not, they're out of the league. I think it's the next competitive match. So it'd either be the first match in next year's league or the next championship match. Now I think Richie Hogan served a ban in the first match of this year's league. So that's up in the air at the moment. Kieran Kingston didn't didn't know when I asked him after the game. But Robbie O'Flynn is definitely not a dirty player, but it probably was a justified yeah. red card. And sorry from what I saw. Um, Cork over this uh, league campaign they've struggled for consistency um, it's probably a shame they aren't involved in the knockout stages because they could do it a couple of games before the championship starts they have a 10 week layoff now before championship yeah um, Rory some people say the league doesn't matter but I think that statement is definitely not based on, on fact but teams that have done well in the league have traditionally done well in the championship over the last year I think that like even Limerick last year they won the league and they went down and won a month of championship and were looking out to get them the Ireland final and the year before that Limerick had done very well in the league so the league is certainly an accurate gauge of where the team, team is going like, and at, at the moment like that's, that's disappointing today because like, like they should have been a bit, they, they had a chance to win it and over the five games like if you go through them individually the Waterford game the first and they got two goals in the first minute they probably should have won and then like the game, the game against Tip they did win it was a very good win the Westmead game I saw them um, where we were very very poor that day like Westmead probably missed a chance to cause a big upset and then the loss of the game to Limerick played well but lost and lost again today so to be honest, like the, the West League game, they're probably always going to win, um, Rory. So the Cork match or the Tipperary match was probably the only real significant victory they've had out of four games. But this, it, it's definitely not been a good league campaign for uh, for Cork, Rory, in my opinion. It certainly hasn't. Um, Patrick Horgan with nine points today for Cork, and either those are coming from freeze. Is there danger in your eyes that maybe Cork are a bit over reliant on him? Oh, I don't think there's any question about that, um, Rory. They're very reliant on Horgan. Like he, he's he's very, such a good hurler, and he's very very accurate at baseball. He's one of the best hurlers in Ireland, if not the best. But I think the only thing in Cork that any side would be relying on a player like that, Patrick Horgan. And uh, the shame we have to finish it without getting over the line for an Ireland medal. But like Cork have some very good hurlers, but added to it, Horgan, I'd say, and most definitely are, yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. So thanks very much indeed for that, Connor. Thanks for covering the game for us today. No, no, no bother at all, right? Thanks very much. Yeah, that's Conor McKenna there speaking to me after uh, Cork's uh, defeat to Galway. It's nearly uh, time up in Wembley. It's uh, two and a half minutes gone of the five to be added on at the end of the 90. And uh, Man City still leading Aston Villa by two goals to one. Going to turn our attention now to the football today in Cork, uh, beating Derry uh, in Parky Cueve today. 313 to 311 was how that finished. Five wins and five now from the Rebels. Promotion almost uh, assured at this point. I'm uh, going to hear from uh, Cork boss Ronald McCarthy speaking to the Assembly Media. I thought we played great football for, I don't know, 26-27 in the second half. Really, really good you know, performance um, against a side that are difficult to play against. And I suppose the, the, the end of the game has put a little bit of a, you know, a dampener on what was um, you know, a real a quality display, particularly in the second half. Um, we were cruising and again um, have left the opposition back into it uh, at the end 
I was look. I was very poorly sighted for a lot of the goals, um, but they look they look to be poor from 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 my vantage point. Um, when you're at pitch level, they can be hard to see. Um, so that's the only negative really from um, you know what was a really positive second half performance. The first half was always going to be difficult. You know, when they were playing against the wind, they were obviously going to pack the defence, which they did, and. Um, you know, so I think we scored one five. Um, we probably could have had one seven or eight. That would be my only crib. Maybe at half time, we should have maybe had a few more points. But other than that, I think we managed as well as we could really in a in a difficult scenario. You know, it's really difficult. Like the, you know, the, the, every outfield player was inside their own forty five at one stage, and um, um, you know, as I say, the important thing at half time was to be ahead, which we were, and then you know, as they played great stuff in the in the second half, and just a pity that we didn't see it out. Is, uh, that's 10 points now is that enough do you know or do you still need I think some of the games are still on but um, yeah, yeah. they're not quite finished but I think 10 points against her I, I, I know it didn't for down last year but I'm, I'm confident it will so one point really from the next two to be sure to be sure yeah. 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 great position to be in isn't it it is yeah look and and it might be Division Three, but it's not easy to you know it's not easy to, to win to win all your games and and um, and we've had different challenges in all of them at, you know at different times um, you know obviously obviously causes big trouble here in the first game um, you know Tip obviously had a real cut off us last week and uh, actually against two Northern teams we were probably very you know very controlled and very comfortable in both games against them which is good because they're difficult to play against but just didn't finish the game so well so. You know, it looks, you know, it's good to be there and let's see it home and um, and, and, and let's drive it on. Tell me the injury front, um, Rory Dean picked up a knock on Thursday. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the things I would say about this this group of players, to be fair to them, they're absolutely outstanding from the point of view of, you know, we lost Rory on, on Thursday, um, we lost Luke. A couple of weeks, I don't think it's that major. Um, we lost Luke, obviously, 20 minutes into the game, we lost Liam Alonman come to half time. And they're brilliant from the point of view as you just go to the next guy, put him in. And we don't ever, like, it was funny, I was watching Powder, you know, I was watching Powder there in the second half and he was absolutely, you know, brilliant. And he's been such a loss to, to, to Cork over the last couple of years and, and Brian Hurley and the likes of, you know, can you imagine, you know, if we'd had them? And we've never moaned and they've never moaned about the players that we haven't had. Um, you know, I, I, I see, you know, I see Tyrone there and obviously Kyle McShane's picked up stairs and Matt Donnelly. And you know, you know, people going on about the last they've been to them. Um, well, you know, there's a couple of players for us, for example, that you know have been they've been massive, massive misses for us. And yeah, Tron McCarthy there speaking after today's win over Derry, and I suppose the injury problems they've had over uh, the league campaign, all over in Wembley and. Uh yeah, Man City have beaten Aston Villa by two goals to one. We were only kind of have a ha- had a half an eye on it, Mars, but it looked like a an entertaining game. Yeah, to be fair, um, City really dominated proceedings for most of the game, particularly the first half. Probably should have been three or four nil up. Um, Villa nicked the goal with kind of in the 40th minute just mm. before half time to bring him back into the game, and City dominated second half again until that kind of 88 minute where. Philly went upfield and, and hit hit the post and they had one or two chances to be fair the last minute or two but look yeah. City can outclass them to be fair that was a good crack alright alright uh, going to talk ladies football now and Cork beating Mayo today up in Mallow Ger McCarthy was there for us and he spoke to Cork's Melissa Duggan Melissa Duggan great win for Cork uh, unbeaten up top of the table and considering all the changes that were made today that's a great win for you yeah we knew I was going to be hard today um, facing Mayo. You know, they were coming down. They, weren't, they didn't want to lose down here to us. Um, 
you know, they, they bring such a physical aspect to the game and I suppose it took a lot to get used to in the first half. We were getting bullied around the pitch, but um, we came out stronger and ready to take the game to, the, to them. Um, so we knew it was going to be a dogfight and it was a dogfight tonight, today. It's about a good, as good a game for this type of physical game that you can get at this time of the year, though, especially with the championship coming around the corner. They were very tough, but you stood up to them, as you said. Yeah, exactly. I suppose we've been nearly four weeks now without a game, so um, to get a game again under our belt and to get a win, it, it will stand to us for the next few games and for the championship. Um, they, they do bring a big physical aspect to the game, and um, you know it is a good test, especially for the younger ones, to get experience of that. Um, you know, physical aspect of the game. You're an experienced player now on the panel, <laughs> and uh, as you said, a couple, a lot of new faces in and out today. But that's a great sign because the panel are getting getting the experience, playing a tough opposition, which will stand to them if they're called upon later on. Yeah, exactly. That's what's good about the league. You know, there's a whole load of games in there. We have to play everybody, so it is a great chance to uh, bring on new people that maybe mightn't get the chance in the championship and to see how they can excel um, on the field. Um, I think we made five changes to the starting panel today, including our goalkeeper, Lisa, who is very good. And we brought on a, a good few players like Abby, who's just come up from minor, and Casey Quirk, who's just come up from minor. So, you know, this game will send to them. And, you know, you can see on the field, on the field they don't, they, they, suit, they fit in very well with us. So, yeah, it's great to see. Please, with your own form, you're playing consistent level of the games I've seen you this so far this year, injury free, which is also important. Yeah, it's also important. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, the league has started well in fairness to us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not easy playing on these pitches. You know, the, the soft ground makes it very hard to, um, you know, run the field and stuff like that. Um, and there could be a few dodgy hand passes and solos. But, you know, it's a good start to league, but it's a very long year ahead. So hopefully we can just keep going and keep getting better and improving. Just finally, lovely, nice, short trip up to Donegal next time out. Looking forward to that? Yeah, uh, we, we haven't been to Donegal now since two years ago. So... Um, you know, we're going to come up there again with, um, it's a good chance to get, I suppose, a bit of team banding done as well. We're going to stay up Saturday night and, you know, make the weekend out of it. So it's, even though it's a long trek up, you know, we'll make the most of it and um, we'll hopefully we'll come back with a win. We don't want to come back with anything else. Yeah, it's uh, Cork's Mr. Duggan there speaking after the win over Mayo today. Uh, speaking to Ger McCarthy, Ger has launched a podcast with us. The Ladies Football Podcast will be available, uh, the first episode of which will be available later on in the week. Subscribe to the Big Red Bench Podcast if you haven't done so because we'll be publishing it through there. We'll have that out on Thursday afternoon. It's a very, very exciting stuff. So the Ladies Football Podcast on Cork's Red FM is going to be launched later on in the week. Just going to hear briefly from our Cork boss, Ify Fitzgerald. Ify Fitzgerald, a tough, hard-earned victory and good to see so many of your panel being used today. You must be delighted with how the, the changes worked out for you and uh, you got that victory in the end. Yeah, it was a tough game. I think it was, you know, physically it was probably the toughest game we've had. Um, May really put it up to us. You know, they came down with a purpose and um, well, I think there were two points up at halftime. Now there was a very, very strong win so and that was definitely a factor. But, you know, I thought we were, we were a bit sloppy in the first half. Our hand passing was a bit off and, you know, we had we kicked five or six wides. Um, but the second half, I think we, we picked it up the girls knew that you know it was an important game for us because if we had lost today I think Mayo and the head would have been ahead of us and that would have meant you know they could have qualified instead of us so um, it puts us in a good position now in the league but the, the most pleasing aspect of this was as, as you mentioned earlier there is the being able to use, use our panel members I thought Abby O'Man he came on there did very very well you know we were able to bring Laura Cleary on him Cleary came on for a first start I would say in a senior so all in all it's nice to be I mean the purpose of the league really is to to, to you know 
try and improve our panel while at the same time being competitive. So we've been that now and, you know, puts us in a strong position going forward. Are you happy with the consistency of the performances so far? Or are you just kind of working towards the championship and using the league to get to that point? Well, you know, there's only two national competitions, so we want to be competitive in both. Um, I suppose the, the, the one thing we were, you know, that, that we were letting ourselves on was we were going 20 minutes maybe in games where we didn't score, so we were conscious of that today that we wanted to keep the scoreline ticking over, and I think we did that. Uh, to be honest, you know, we you know, we, we, we got some good points, but it'd be able to, you know, Saif, Saif came on there in the second half and Sierra Shannon, and they gave it a real freshness again. Um, so that's very, very pleasing for us, you know, and that's what we're looking for. You know, I think over the last couple of years we were slightly shortened numbers um, and that's certainly improving now and there's a great buzz in the camp you know the girls and we have Kira Solomon will be back training this week you know Darren is working her way back so there'll be Emer Scally has been injured for a while you know so we have a lot of girls who are you know on their way back Nave Cotter you know uh, Hannah Looney has, wasn't here today so that that, that org you know, you know Mayo were, were shot quite a lot of their they're what you'd call their first first team players as well but but you know it augurs well for us in terms of competition for places because the training girls have been buzzing in training and you know we like to think that if girls are playing well we give them an opportunity and you know they're certainly taking it The fact that you've had four very different challenges Westmead all defensive tough pitch and Art Finn and then the kind of open game against Dublin great experience for those players and for you as well to see them in all different kinds of scenarios It is yeah and again I thought today Marie Ambrose I thought was absolutely immense today you know Marie has had an awful two years really with with injury Um, she's been misfortunate but I think she's absolutely great leader very quiet girl but you know leads with example by example and I thought today she was exemplary like Melissa Duggan as well you know we've, there's great character there um, and you know they, 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 I suppose they turn up the training and it's the same attitude you know whether whether it's a five-a-side game or whether it's a, you know whether we're playing the National League or playing Championship and that kind of rubs off on the other girls as well all of them the same you know the, the amount of work rate they get, they get through is phenomenal so all in all very very pleased now to, to be going home at, at you know at half time we were, we were cross with ourselves in terms of, in terms of a, you know, I thought our attitude could have been a little bit better, but, but like that was addressed in the second half, and we're delighted with the victory. Just finally looking ahead to that trip up to Donegal, more of the same. Are you going to mix it up, or you, do you have in mind what you want to do? Yeah, we'll mix it up. Like we'll, we'll hope to have a few girls back again, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably try and mix it up a little bit again, um, and give like we have three games left now, and I think if we win one of them, we're in the we're in the final, so that gives us opportunities again to uh, experiment. So, but again, for the girls that played well today, we'd like to think that you know we'll give them we'll give them that opportunity to to go again you know nobody likes to, to not be playing but it's um, it's a nice choice for us to have but it's difficult at times because of the, the competition yeah, it's Cork Ladies right. Football Bossy Fitzgerald are speaking to Jeremy McCarthy don't forget to check out the Ladies Football Podcast launching this week on the Big Red Bench uh, Podcast uh, subscribe to it there on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and it'll be out on Thursday alright it's going to take a break actually before we do full time report from Wembley George Alderman Full-time here at Wembley, where for the third year in a row, Manchester City are the League Cup winners. They've beaten Aston Villa 2-1, but they were really made to hang on at the end. Sustained Villa pressure as they were trying to get an equaliser to take it into extra time. Claudio Bravo pulled off a fantastic save, pushing a header onto the post to deny Villa that equaliser. They were given hope just before half-time when John Stone slip led to a goal for Samasa. That was after Aguero and Rodri had put City ahead. And those goals proved enough to mean that City are the League Cup winners once again. They've beaten Villa 2-1. All right, still to come on the show, we're going to talk to Arts with John O'Shea and Motorsport with Luke Allen. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.
Alrighty, we are going to talk darts now. Our old pal John O'Shea calling to the studio today, bringing the BDO Masters Trophy with him as well. You missed it, Tomas, you weren't here, but I just showed you a photograph of it. Weighs 27 kilos. I nearly fell to the floor when he handed it to me. 27 kilos. <laughs> I didn't have that for breakfast. <laughs> no. Oh, look at no. me. I'm the yeah. professional rugby. I can yeah. handle 27 kilos quite easily. Uh, no, you haven't seen me in the gym. I'm not that <laughs> impressive. I wish. No, look, the trophy looks awesome, to be fair. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know it's, it's always cool to have a, a trophy that has actually got a bit of. A bit of yeah, uh, pick up a lot of trophies and, and they're just flimsy, and yeah. you know what I mean? And look, I pity you can't drink a, drink a pint out of it, but um, I'm sure he, he probably, he probably managed. Go, yeah. Well, John is starting a very exciting project to promote the game uh, to young darts players across Cork, uh, and he called in to discuss that as plans for the year and more as well. All right, delighted to be joined in studio by our good uh, buddy John O'Shea. John, how are you, boy? Not too bad, no, Rory, not too bad, boy. Great to have you in here as always uh, tell us um, you were asking us before Christmas it's been a, a hectic hectic time how was life as uh, I suppose a dark celebrity been treating you yeah it's been good it's been good we've been away uh, a few times now this season I suppose started straight after the world championships when we went to um, tour school trying to get the tour car mm. the, 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 old, the golden ticket as one would say yeah. but unfortunately we fell a point or two short of the PDC tour car but we've got the challenge tour plus I have the BDO as well now and the WDF that's after coming on board as well Like so there's a lot of avenues now that we're playing darts so we're away all the time but um, yeah it's, it's, it's been good I'm up to joint 6th in the world in the BDO mm-hmm. and I'm in the top 16 in the WDF rankings that's incredible man yeah, so it's all going good so far. So you're uh, kind of on the go, you're almost at a tournament every weekend at this point, are you? Yeah, every weekend now practically, like there's there's something somewhere, depending on, on um, what's on offer as regards to points-wise, because mm-hmm. the game really is all points to qualify for the major events at the end of the year. So we're hoping after winning the World Masters that we'll get that Grand Slam spot mm-hmm. at the latter end of the year. I qualified the points that I have at the moment nearly secures me for the World Championships yeah. again at the O2 and of course the iconic World Masters yeah. I get to defend that so all good all good um, you brought the trophy in which is today it's an absolute beauty isn't it yeah it's it, like it's the most iconic trophy in world arts really I think it was played for for 46 years two years um, two years previous or two two years longer than mm. I think when they started playing for the world championships I could be corrected on that now mm. but I'm nearly certain that the world champ the, the world masters is the trophy that it was the one to win back then like, mm. you know. are you still kind of like getting requests for like you know exhibitions bring the trophy along yeah, every day I got, a, I got a few exhibitions coming up um, up the country I've one or two um, I've won in Offaly one in Cavan I've won in Belfast and won in County Town with Jim Williams mm-hmm. um, in, in in the latter end of the year, you know, so the summer months really, like when there's nothing really on, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm looking forward to them, they should be good crack, you know. You must enjoy looking at the at people's faces when you're handing the trophy and you realise the weight of it, because got a shock of it. it kind of, <laughs> like, you, you got it there a while ago now when you just went to pick it up, like, you know, and realised that the weight of it, like, yeah. it's 27 kilos, so, yeah. it's, it's solid sterling silver, like, yeah. every, every piece of it is hallmarked, you know, and it's just so iconic, like, it's irreplaceable, it's mm. an irreplaceable trophy. Like, I know they've, they've changed the PDC trophy, they've changed the, the World Championship trophy, they've changed, but this is the one trophy that never changes. It's it's there from the world go mm. and it'll probably be still going in another 30, 40 years, you know. It'll break your heart to give it back, I'd say, later in the year. Yeah, you, do you know, when you're practicing at home and it's there in front of you, 
and and every now and again it just it just brings it back the reality of it that 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 week in the circus tavern mm. you know where Phil Taylor had picked up majority of his 16 world titles and for me to win a world title on that stage you know it was just uh, it's just overwhelming even a few months in it's overwhelming but you know it's kicked these two boys on for the practice <laughs> like you know yeah two sons are here with you today and uh, I suppose that's the, the main focus I suppose on the interview in a way is that the, the junior darts championship the junior darts corporation corporation yeah. excuse me yeah it's um, you're launching that in Cork very very, very soon yeah um, it's just something that that I had looked at um, a few months back you know and I saw what what Keen Barry and Katie Sheldon had had done in Dublin out of the JDC and you know we have certainly untapped talent in Cork and I've seen it myself at tournaments around the city and uh, of course Jay Kerr and Kenneth they both play as well so mm-hmm. I mean it's something that I can give back the knowledge of the game like I've like apart from winning the World Masters like the knowledge of the game that I have for playing over 30 years and what I've learned down through the years if I could pass that on to someone you know if it's not these two boys if it's somebody else you know I mean mm-hmm. they play East Cork darts and we were at a Wayne Mardell exhibition um, Friday night in, in Hartys Bar and Klein and mm-hmm. it was just the amount of young lads that were there you know um, potentially there could be another Michael Van Gerwen in amongst all those mm-hmm. kids given the chance and the, the direction put them in the right direction you know I suppose like it's the same as any other sport I mean like if you're not having good young players coming through the sport's not going to survive and thrive in the, in the city and county well this is it like I mean you have it like, like you have it in all different sports soccer if you don't have a youth system then eventually what will happen is that it'll fade away into the... into. So you we need to be constantly looking for the next best thing out of Ireland. Mm. And I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you, with the talent we have in the whole of Ireland, north and south, it, it is it is phenomenal. Like, you know, they need to be... They need to be put on the right track. They need to be nurtured and looked after. And you never know. You We could have another world champion mm. in this sport out of Ireland sooner rather than later because we have a lot of talent not only in Ireland but in Cork it's huge like mm. and nurturing that talent I suppose is that something that hasn't really happened before is kind of the people just left to their own devices kind of thing well, is it, there's, a, there's a lot of things go on in Cork as regards to darts like you you have um, you have a lot of things uh, different ventures people take you know what I mean like, but mm. this JDC thing this, this, this venture now that we're taking on Steve Brown started this Steve is a pro tour uh, card holder as well in the UK and he started this is his baby like he started this and this now is all over the world I was talking to him recently and he was heading to Japan to mm. open up an academy so basically it's a set it's a formula that the kids work off of. so they're not randomly throwing on a dartboard tiring themselves out mm. so it's a set system that they're going to be doing um, you know Shanghai from 10 to 15 they get a certain amount of points for each score they get mm-hmm. and then it's like uh, I suppose Taekwondo we have white shirts that they start off with and they finish up with black shirts mm-hmm. which is like the belts of yeah, yeah. Taekwondo or Karate so it shows you the level of each person as they progress mm-hmm. and it's it, it's proved to be work it's working because um there was three lads there in Belgium now at the weekend playing on the PDC circuit in the European Tour that came from the JDC Tour. Mm. 
Fantastic. So it's a pro it's a, it's a proven success. So who knows that you know any 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 child out there in Cork now age between seven and seventeen, you know, might never have thrown a dart before in their life. Mm-hmm. Could come up and have an automatic natural ability to throw throw darts. You you don't know until you try. You know, so it is it is a good thing for Cork, mm-hmm. the JDC, like, you know. And it's happening in the Harp Bar, which I suppose is Grand and Central, uh, uh, City Centre Bar as well. Yeah, uh, Thomas, Thomas, my brother-in-law, and Connor, they, they they have the Harp Bar, and he's allowed us to use the lounge. They have mm-hmm. eight dartboards inside there. The Harp Bar sponsored me anyway. Yeah. So it's, it, was an, it, it was a good thing that the Harp were coming on board to help out as well, like, you know what I mean? Because like, getting a venue with eight dartboards, mm-hmm. like I said, like, we're going to open it up on the Tuesday night on the 14th. I know off the top of my head I have at least 10 to 15 kids that will be there on yeah. the night but I, I I have no idea until the 14th when he's walking walk in that door you know exactly yeah um, the heart bar gave me my first job actually when I was 16 many many years ago <laughs> so uh, very fond memories of the heart to be honest but um, if anyone wants to get in touch with John if anyone wants to turn up do they just turn up in the day or do they have to book in yeah, advance how does it work well you see the thing is they can show up on the night but we set up um a WhatsApp page, Jokers Darts Academy. Mm-hmm. So they can either find me on that or they can find me on Facebook. Uh, well established on Facebook. Now you'll find me no problem holding some trophy or <laughs> the lads or something like that. But um, yeah, they can, um, they can, they, I'm easily found, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if anybody wants to get in contact, if anyone just wants to come up for a look to see how it's going, if it's for them, then mm-hmm. let it happen. If it's not, Look, the worst thing that can happen is they're not interested. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good for it's good for their skills in school, their math skills. It's going to be good for their, you know, adding, subtracting, multiplication, all mm-hmm. this stuff like around the dartboard, you know. And they, they get to make friends. Yeah. Plus, we might get to take one of them to Gibraltar for the World Championships if they're good enough. If they're good and enough. that's the end game. They have their own tour. They have their own World Championships that leads on to bigger and better things. Fantastic. April 14th happening in the Harp Bar. Check out John online as well. And what's the next few? What's your next tournament? So? I'm off now to the Isle of Man in March. Mm-hmm. You know, signed a contract with the Big Five in the UK. Yeah. So thankfully, after 30 years, <laughs> I eventually got my contract. Yeah. But you know, it just shows you never give up. You know, so I mean, like Paul, Paul and and Steve, and the lads at the Big Five gave me the opportunity, mm-hmm. and the, all I do now, Rory, is just show up and play darts. So I don't have to worry about flights, accommodation, entry fees. All done, all done for me. So it's only going to get better for me. It's yeah. only going to get better for me. It's taking you thirty years to become an overnight success. Thirty years to become an overnight success, only in Cork. <laughs> John, a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for coming. No bother, Rory. Thanks a million. All right, um, John. We have your kids here as well, so I suppose you might as well ask them. I suppose why they're getting involved. Can you introduce yourself. Um, my name is Jake. Um, I'm obviously his son. So, uh, <laughs> um, so why why are you looking forward to this this um, happening in April? I'm looking forward to it because it's going to teach other kids how to play dart and them. Um, it's preparing them for like big chances in life because mm-hmm. like people only say you get one chance at everything but you don't mm-hmm. so like yeah it's just mm. and how long have you been playing darts now? Um, since about four or five since I'd be able to to hold a dart basically hold the shaft at least <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you beat your dad off and then? 
sometimes, like, when he's not, when he's really tired, like, I have a good chance. But um, I haven't been playing recently because mm. um, I broke my elbow. Oy. So I've been out for a bit. Mm. And so what would you say to, to, to kids your age now who are thinking out, like, you know, oh, should I play darts or should I not? Um, I think they should play darts because, like, you never know... Like you could not like soccer then, and you could you could just like something else, and maybe dart could be that thing that you like. Mm, fantastic! Are you looking forward to so starting in in April? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, thanks, buddy. Yeah. And we have John's other son here as well. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kenneth. Kenneth, how long have you been playing dart? Uh, I don't know, about a year or so. A year. And how do you find him? I like him. Yeah, and I suppose your dad is a good coach, is he? Yeah. <laughs> and are you looking forward to, to this event now in April starting? Yes, I am. All right, buddy. And uh, have you beaten your dad yet? No. <laughs> are you going to beat your dad? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you will. Mm-hmm. All right, lads, thanks a million. Yeah, it's great to have uh, John O'Shea in there uh, with his kids. Uh, certainly uh, going, looking to follow in their father's footsteps anyway, it's what? Yeah, look, they, <laughs> they seem like good crack, good fun. Yeah. Um, obviously... Jake and Kenneth both seem like different characters. Jake is pretty pretty confident and Kenneth probably a little less assured yeah. in terms of the darts play, but uh, I was only thinking there what my son said about me if he came on interviewing me probably <laughs> absolutely no, no, anytime we play soccer together if I score a goal past him he goes off in a hissy fit so I just have to let, let him win at the moment so he thinks he's uh, Ronaldo at the moment so um, interesting yeah. now when I, when I clip his ears in a few years <laughs> Alright we're going to talk motorsport now Corks Luca Allen signing for a Japanese team for 2020 he'll drive for Albrecht in the Super Formula Light Series this year Luca calling to me to discuss how the move came about 2 2 2 2 1 2 1 2 Two one two one two. All right, we are delighted to be joined in studio by our good friend Luca Allen. Uh, Luca, thanks a million for coming in. First off, thank you. Uh, secondly, very very exciting news for your career. Yeah, uh, this year is definitely I'd say the biggest career, uh, in, or the sorry, the biggest uh, year of my career to date. Um, massive opportunity. Mm. Uh, so thankful for everyone that's made this opportunity possible. Uh, I suppose there's a special shout out to David Kennedy who's um, kind of been my mentor for the last few years ex-Irish Formula 1 driver mm-hmm. who got me this opportunity in Japan and uh, then of course to all the amazing people that have supported me in my career to date And uh, but yeah this year is uh, almost in a way make or break but it's it's almost kind of getting to the final hurdle now yeah. and it's uh, yeah Alright just rewind a little bit you were last in with us just before Christmas uh, you were just crowned uh, the F4 champion what happened in the meantime for you becoming champion uh, in, uh, and then getting this offer from uh, the Super Formula Light? Um, well, one thing I suppose I learned is there's not really much of an off-season because <laughs> as soon as you finish something, I, well, I got a few days to celebrate or whatever and uh, to eat whatever I wanted, but um, it was just straight back into hard work. I mean, if I was to rest for a few weeks or months, then I wouldn't have a drive this year. So mm. it was, um, luckily I have an amazingly supportive dad who helped me a lot and, and my agents who uh, managed to kind of get the show on the road and uh, started looking for sponsorship and yeah luckily I've secured a drive for this year And when did the news come through? I think it was actually there was a few things on the card so there was um, I was talking to a few teams in America um, and then in a different F3 Asia Championship and then this championship that I'm racing in Japan this year was actually my goal for 2022 mm-hmm. Um so when the opportunity came up, I think I was actually in a meeting at the time and I got an email all of a sudden with this drive. And uh, at first I was kind of like, wait, hold on a second. Uh, like I don't want to rush into anything. 
but I think the opportunity was just was uh, was because first of all the team uh, very thankfully Albrecht Racing gave me a very good price uh, a very good offer to drive for them this year so um, yeah uh, it kind of just came up happened really fast and then here I am now about to head out to Japan <laughs> next week <laughs> so you're two years ahead of your, your own schedule that must be like mind blowing yeah um, it's I think this year will probably be a tough year um, I mean I'll be racing against guys who are really this like these guys will be at the top of the game mm-hmm. from um, as far as F3 goes like I'll be racing against guys who have won races in F3 Europe and all, every competitive championship mm-hmm. in the world um, so I'm, I'm not expecting to come into the championship and win straight away mm-hmm. um, I've never driven the car I've never driven any of the tracks in Japan so I really for the first three rounds I want to just learn as much as I possibly can from my teammate from other drivers on the track and from the team um, I'm ready to work exceptionally hard this year I think uh, that's what's going to really matter this year just uh, the hard work and, and we'll keep chipping away at it But Albrecht they headhunted you basically they kind of narrowed you down from a field of five I think yeah um, well they yeah they, they made it quite clear I suppose that um, that they wanted me in their team I think being champion last year helped a lot and um, thankfully they've been very understanding because obviously um, racing's a, a tough sport to build up the budget or whatever and, mm-hmm. and thankfully thanks to some very very good people I've managed to secure the drive but um, yeah Albrecht were quite were quite determined to get me in their car and and it's worked <laughs> <laughs> but that must like obviously kind of fill you with confidence in that you, you picked the right team but I mean like for them to show that confidence in you must be kind of a massive boost for you I guess going over there yeah um, it's obviously a great thing to have the, the team have confidence in you I suppose it adds a small bit of pressure but mm. um, I suppose you're never not going to feel pressure in do you feel that pressure though, that you, you, know, you have to perform for this new team they've taken this, this, this opportunity that brought you in and now you feel you have to repay them almost immediately or uh, yeah there's a bit of pressure I mean there's always kind of the thought that if I if I don't drive the car fast, then will I even be driving next year? Kind of thing. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to it more than anything. I can't wait to just get back in the car. And these cars are amazing. Like mm. such a step up from F4. These cars are so much faster, so much more downforce. Just I just yeah, I'm so excited <laughs> just to get, just get in the, the car. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about Super Formula Lights and I suppose the, the drivers that have come through it. I suppose in the past. Um, yeah. So some recognisable drivers that have uh, went out to Japan for their career would be uh, Eddie Irvine obviously probably one of the biggest mm-hmm. Irish Formula 1 drivers ever uh, David Kennedy as I just mentioned and um, and then you've who's also Irish ex-Formula 1 driver mm-hmm. and then you've the likes of uh, Ralph Schumacher Michael Schumacher and so, ma- so many people because Japan is just racing crazy mm-hmm. I mean they love racing in Japan Super Formula is the professional series so um, Super Formula Lights is the one just under that it's kind of like a feeder series mm-hmm. so it's a massive opportunity uh, not just from a racing but for the brand as well for all the exposure that's going to come with it yeah. Um, yeah so it's a big year You've mentioned David Kennedy a couple of times now can you talk to me about the influence he's had on your career Yeah I think I met him for the first time in I think it was his family came down to Ballymaloo I think and uh, since then uh, very luckily I think he's had a bit of a liking to me and he's just he's been amazing I, I really can't thank him enough um, he's he do, he doesn't need to help me, yeah. But uh, but he does it out of his own goodwill, and um, I'm extremely grateful for him. But to have someone like that there in your corner, to be able to pick his brains, I suppose, must be like you know a massive benefit for you. Yeah, I mean, um, he has so much knowledge in, in the world of motorsport, and he has so much contacts. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he, he's definitely helped me. 
So you're heading over to Japan next week for testing? Yes. Exciting. That is, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have two days testing in Suzuka, which is <laughs> one of the best yeah. tracks in the world. Um, so I'm going to be flat out on my little sim at home, just trying to get laps and laps and laps in. And I'm, I just need to go out there as po- the most possibly prepared as I can be. When you say sim, is that basically you and your PlayStation 4 driving the yeah, track, is it? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately I don't have the most luxurious sim just yet, but yeah, I just have a little one that I can... I've, I've heard Formula sim. 1 drivers do that, I mean, like, obviously it has a benefit to learn the layout of the track, braking yeah, points and I think stuff like that. it's a very interesting new aspect of motorsport, everyone's, um, the shift towards sim racing it has been massive, especially over the last two years, uh, there's guys up in, up in Mondello, um, VRA, Virtual Reality... Something, something. <laughs> uh, Keith Dempsey up there. He's yeah. uh, I met him out in Italy. He's also. I'm, I'm going to try getting the same with him to do a bit of practice. But yeah, no, it's just taken off, and it's an amazing new aspects. I think to the world of motorsport. And your sim at home is it like you know proper like steering wheel and pedals, or is it just you with your controller? Is it? Yeah, no, it's uh, I have a steering wheel and pedals, and then I just play a project cars or whatever. Yeah. It's just a little game on it. It's yeah. kind of cool. Um, so what's the mo- I suppose you're heading out there next week, um, and then when does the season start? So the season starts in the first weekend of April. Hmm. Um, so there's seven rounds, and every round is going to be on the same weekend Super Formula. So of the the fans at the race will be massive, the exposure will be massive. Um, it's just a really good setup for not only myself but for all the sponsors that want to get on board for the maximum possible exposure they can. Yeah, because it'll be like what fifty, sixty thousand people at some of these races. Yeah, I mean the, these races will be packed, and I, I've kind of missed it from racing in England. It was packed as well, and. Uh, Luckily, again, this year, going to be packed at grandstands and, yeah, as, as you said, up to 50,000-plus supporters at each race, so I'm really excited. And you're with a management company now as well, which is helping you with all that sponsorship side of things. That must yeah. be a massive help, I suppose. Yeah, uh, the guys, um, Sport Endorse up in Dublin, uh, they've been a great help. Uh, they've just helped me with my social medias and trying to do templates for sponsors and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for them too. And they've launched yeah, the Luca Allen Supporters Club, which is very exciting. Yeah, um, there's plenty of different kind of packages obviously to help me out, to help me on in this year or to kind of partner with me. Um, there's the 10k supporter pack, which mm-hmm. um, will just give you maximum exposure. I can a, a day in Mandela with me and all your brand on my social media and the suit on the car and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's very very exciting indeed. And for anyone who wants any more information, how do they go about it, Luca? Um, you can find me on all social media platforms uh, Twitter, Instagram or Facebook uh, just search up my name um, Luke Allen 1 on Instagram and also emails you can find me emails and all the contact details there and every time you're in here I ask you about Formula 1 and this seems like a big big step towards that yeah um, it's definitely getting closer I don't want to jinx it bring it up too <laughs> like, yeah I mean um Formula One is obviously a massive thing, and for my, I want yeah, I'd love for another <laughs> Irish driver to be in Formula One. Obviously, for it to be me, um, and we'd love to see the Cork flag on the podium as well. Yeah, oh, you'll definitely <laughs> see that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean that Formula One is just what dreams are made of. I think, and uh, I hope my my dream has been to make it Formula One since I've been like whatever age I can remember and um, I'm definitely not going to give up, up on that train Well I look forward to doing our show from Monaco in your first uh, race there Yeah I'll bring you out to Monaco we, we can do a little <laughs> podcast on the yacht <laughs> Luca buddy it's been a pleasure come here uh, congratulations on the drive very best luck indeed and we can't wait to see how you get on Thanks very much Roy Fancy that Tomas oh, I'd love to be an F1 driver um, but I'd love to go to Monaco just to watch a race too with you um, <laughs> Sounds geez, like a plan uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say look 
growing up if I couldn't have been a rugby player I would love to have been a Formula 1 driver but like I only ever grew up driving uh, Ford Fiestas or something <laughs> like so never had the opportunity so it's all my parents yeah. fault Alright great to have Luca in studio with us congratulations to him on securing that drive in Super Formula Lights in Japan and we'll be watching his career with great interest we are out of time thank you very much indeed for tuning away our podcast will be online very shortly redextra.ie and be sure and follow us on Twitter at Big Red Bench as well we're back next Saturday from 6 Alan Donovan's up next with Green on Red. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks, and we'll talk to you next weekend. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM.